Welcome to Growing Disciples, the podcast of the Formation, Education and Discipleship Unit of the Assembly, Uniting Church in Australia. I'm Craig Mitchell. Today we're talking about what it means to be an intergenerational church. I'm with five people who work at synod, regional and local levels in children, youth and family ministry. Chris Barnett from Melbourne, Emma Parr from Sydney, Brenton Prigger from Bustleton, JC Newendorf from Brisbane and Fia Marino from Melbourne. Thanks for joining us. There seems to be a resurgence of interest in what it means to be an all-age church in terms of our ministry and mission, and so we're here today to talk about what that means and why that might be the case. So let's start, folks. Why do you think there's such an interest or a growing interest in being intergenerational church at this time? I think there's a heart for something different. So there's a sense of the way we've been doing things in recent decades is perhaps not working, whatever that means. So people are actually open to a different way of being church. I also think there's a growing fragmentation we often talk about in society generally. And so there's something attractive about the notion of engaging with others and perhaps a reconnecting that people are looking for beyond the immediate peers and cohorts that they're currently part of. I think it's a natural follow-on from the initial sort of panic phase that many mainline churches, certainly and possibly all churches, have been going through, certainly in the Western world, where there was this initial panic of where has this younger generation gone? There's this gap, there's this missing um, age group in our church, which is sort of the lower... Um, one third, perhaps not to 30 of, of people, if not more than that now. Um, and after the initial panic, as people began to do research and look into you know, why are people not staying in the churches after they, they grow up, why, why don't we have the children, why don't we have the young families, um, there's been a realisation that we haven't been good at being intergenerational. We've been multi-generational often. We've had the various ages in our churches at the same time but all doing different things we haven't had intergenerational interaction and relationship happening and so hence the interest now and um, and the conversation around how do we how do we get back to that how do we promote that how do we facilitate that in our churches so for some it's it's crisis driven is that a fair thing to say i think so and what I hear Chris saying is that, that there's something reflected in wider society about how, uh, where, how, why different <coughs> generations engage, interact, etc. But I think I want to say that while it's crisis-driven, that's been the initial motivation, I think that people are realising that it's not just a, a solution to a crisis, but it's coming back to something that is a healthy way of being. Um, so it's not just once the crisis is over, we can forget about intergenerational, but this is the way the church needs to be. If it's going to be the whole body of Christ, it needs to include every age, every, uh, every aspect of the community around us, um, every gender, every age, every culture, every language group. It needs to be inclusive in every way. I think it's important on that to note that it's not just a children and families issue, it's not just a youth and young adult issue. There are actually generational cohorts who are at the whole life of the church and even communities without the zeros to 30 still have multiple generations present 
and part of my thinking is that if we can increase our intergenerational skills, even for churches without young people, when the day comes, when children and young people and young adults are more present, we'll have a greater capacity to engage effectively because we've done better at intergenerational engagement across multiple generations. I certainly see that in, in churches where you, you meet someone in their 50s or even 60s who says, I'm the youngest person in my church. And, and it's like they feel a bit lost, like they're not sure how to, at that age, to be a young person, so to speak, in the church. They may or may not have, or have all the power, you know, so they, they may be treated as a young person still or they may be the one who's expected to do everything while the old folks kind of sit back. I think for me, I'm sort of a bit weary about this whole intergenerational church thing. And I think for me, because a lot of the cross-cultural churches work in the intergenerational way, it was one of the mission paradigms that was brought to us by missionaries, uh, that, that, that church is not just, you know, it, it has to exist within families, within villages. But my concern with that is that it works for us because everybody knows their role in society. We all understand the way and, and our sort of duty roles. And if we don't redefine it in a way for, for multicultural church, it becomes a way, a stumbling block. Because we know our role in society and where we fit, it's very hard for us to speak into any sort of spaces because it becomes very hierarchical in a sense. And so we do have future generations and those sort of things. We do have big Sunday schools, big, big youth groups and those sort of things, but at the expense of having a voice. I'm sort of worried that this is just the next catchphrase, intergenerational church, because fresh expressions didn't really work that well, or this doesn't work. You know, I, I really hope that we can do more discernment and reflection rather than just grab the next thing that's coming up. Why don't we talk a bit about what we mean by intergenerational, and that might give us a way of actually unpacking some of those um, cultural and other issues. Like, I guess I would rarely name it, but when you name it, it's about being intentional about recognising that the people in that space all come from different experiences, they all come from different sets of values, and how can we be the people of God together? What can I learn from those older and younger than me? What can I teach those who are older and younger than me? And it's that sense of doing faith together. One of the ways that I, I um, is helpful for me to think about intergenerational ministry is to differentiate between multi-generational and intergenerational um, many churches make the mistake, I think, they get to a point where they are multi-generational, they have cohorts of every age group and every generation within the life of the church, but they're all operating in isolation from one another and there's not much cross-generational interaction and relationship going on. When we use the word intergenerational, it's that inter that we're looking for. We're looking for that cross-germination of wisdom and ideas and a respect for the spirituality of every age group. Um, one of the things that I'm certainly learning, the more I do and, and try to be um, intentionally intergenerational in my ministry is, is that even the smallest baby has a spirituality that we need to respect and value rather than have this mindset that says one day when they grow up they'll be big enough, old enough, wise enough to understand something of what we understand of God. So, so we've come. Through, um, if I hear you, we've we've come through the era when uh, all the different age groups went off into their different groups, yeah. and and you know the, the youth group got sent out the back, and hopefully when they when they're old enough, they'll come and sit inside and be yeah. well-behaved adults. And that hasn't worked in some churches. Is that fair to say? The adults have continued to misbehave. Okay. <laughs> 
Yes. Okay. I agree with what Brenton was saying around that notion of it's more than just the tolerance and being alongside. It's moving to a deeper level of engagement that involves things like mutuality and genuine hospitality, a genuine openness to being changed through the engagement intergenerationally. So that notion that intergenerational moves from just a sense of being hospitable to one another to actually allowing interactions to transform and reshape our whole communities. So it's not just even this server being served mentality which can often arise between generations. Each generation thinks it has a role with the other generation. How do we allow the engagement to change and reshape the way we actually think about church and our relationships with each other? I think there's been a misconception over the years that being intergenerational is a presence of different generations uh, in one context, but too often, like you were saying before, they may be at that one church, but the youth group goes off here and the children go off to Sunday school, and we're actually enculturating them into different cultures, not the same culture uh, when we separate them out like that. So being intergenerational is more authentically bringing people together, allowing them to actually learn from one another and be enculturated into the same space. Otherwise, uh, in that previous model, we end up with children learning that their space is not in worship with adults. And so when they you know, turn 16 or 18 and are invited into the adult space, they don't actually know what's going on. That's a foreign space to them unless they're actually invited into that space to learn how it happens and how to be an active member of it. I really resonate with the way Emma puts it, the, the different cultures, and that as people get to young adulthood and, and suddenly are invited to come into this space that is thought of so often by adults as the real church, it's, not, it's more than that they don't know how to be there and they don't know the space. They don't really even feel like they belong. Um, and I think that sense of belonging is something that, is, that really needs to be fostered and nurtured in intergenerational work. It's a sense that we are trying to create one culture, not many little cultures, but one culture, one space, and one body that we belong to, one family. I like to use the word family often as a metaphor of, of how we are together as church. Families are diverse and complicated, and yet there is a sense that no matter how different we might be in that family, and how, how we may fight over our differences and struggle to be together, we nevertheless belong. In one sense, this is an issue for the Western Anglo church, so to speak. Culturally, I think generations live more loosely together, if you like, versus Pacific and possibly some Asian cultures where the generations actually live quite tightly together. And the issue for younger generations is getting that space to actually be themselves, is actually getting out, as you were saying, getting out from under the authority of parents, grandparents, and having your own voice, needing that chance to be separate. I think it is definitely going to be a, a challenge to sort of change our the paradigm which we're in at the moment because our, our system works in the sense of it's, it, it's cyclical. So you sort of you learn and then you take over eventually. So it's very hard to bring new things within this. But I like the understanding of intergenerational because it's organic and it's something growing together I think is something really important and I think if we could sort of give this definition defining what intergenerational actually means 
because a lot of times when we hear these words within the multicultural just we just believe that that's what we're doing. I think one of the challenges is, and particularly noticeably in other than Anglo cultures where there's a strong hierarchy, the older you are, the wiser you are. I think with intergenerational, there's, there's got to be an intentionality around mutual, uh, that's not, like mutual power, like everyone's equal. Mm-hmm. You're all on the same page. You're all doing this together. And that can be really hard to develop that culture when we're so used to having that hierarchy of power. Okay, so, yeah. so doing things together, in fact, ought to challenge our practice ways of being community because we're actually allowing those who have less voice or less opportunity or whose gifts we don't see to to have a voice to have a say yeah and that there has to be a sense of equality and I think that's across the generations but across the cultures and even across like learning styles and stuff like that I think all becomes part of it as well Does intergenerational mean doing everything together? I think the notion of intergenerational as a value, a philosophy, an attitude to the way we do ministry actually then releases us from an argument about do we do things separate, do we do things together. I think one of the big shifts in intergenerationality this time around is thinking of intergeneration almost as our default position and sometimes we do other things for perfectly good reasons. Whereas in recent years it appears the default position has been we do stuff in age cohorts, sometimes we do things differently. Because there definitely is a place for age-appropriate learning and yeah. things like that. So you, you can't you can't say you can't not teach six year olds like six year olds because otherwise you're denying a part of where they're at and who they are. And I, I do think it's about an attitude and it's about the value system yeah. of that. And I think it's also the way that you communicate that. And instead of going, well, the six year olds are gonna go out of our worship space and do their learning there. In healthy families there is always a balance between the family doing things together and being together and and then every person in the family going off and doing their own thing and according to their age or, or their stage of life. Unhealthy families, there are two extremes of unhealthy families. You get either extremely enmeshed families where um, the family will hold everybody very close and you're not allowed to go off and do anything alone. Every big occasion has to be celebrated by the whole family being together and and then on the other extreme, you get um, very loosely connected families where everybody just does their own thing most of the time. They hardly ever eat a meal together or celebrate anything together. And the balance for both family and church, I think, is, is a balance between being one, being together, and also um, respecting each person's individuality and our individual needs. So it's a little bit of a reorientation. So instead of the adults or perhaps the people who hold most of the power and authority within a Christian community being being the centre and the most valued, it's about valuing all parts of that family across the generations. So it could be a case of instead of sending the kids out you know, to do Sunday school, have some more age-appropriate worship or learning space out of it, perhaps... We have communal worship and part of that is the adults go out and do their Bible study in a separate room and the kids or young people stay in the main worship space. At one of my congregations we did that for one particular uh, night and we the kids stayed in the evening service and the adults went down the Sunday school where they normally went and there was a handful of adults who just couldn't cope 
with the fact that they had to leave the main space. And it became a really good little education thing mm. because they, they didn't cope with it. Yeah. Yeah. So in that, you've created this disequilibrium of, oh my gosh, what is this we're doing? Yeah. Because suddenly they feel like perhaps um, the younger people do when they're sent out to a different space. And I think that's one of the subtleties around intergenerational. It is actually subversive. Mm. It is actually has the potential to redistribute power through the system. So it's actually a lot more fundamental than just age and relationships. It is a really significant reorientation in the life of the church and therefore also why it can be contested because it is a confronting of a power imbalance. I want to ask for some short, simple examples of what intergenerational church looks like. I think it's a matter of of adding intergenerational layers into what is already happening. So for me, it's things like churches that might do mission trips or their equivalents, which historically have been for young adults primarily. How do you actually make that a multi-age intergenerational experience by families or households, for example, participating in such things? In my church, I mean, a simple example is every time we've done confirmation, it's involved mentors, and that's been that's intentionally been an intergenerational conversation that happens a number of different times. I have a little story um, about how important the way we use our space can be in in the worship space. And um, as we began to get uh, families attending again for the first time with little children, there was a, a push from some congregation members to build a cry room where we could put the families so that um, the little children, when they got fidgety and restless and noisy, would not disturb um, the flow of the worship for the older members. But after some conversation about our, our strong desire to be truly intergenerational, we created instead a worship space within the congregation, um, near the front, in fact, but off to just off to one side, which is not walled off in any way. There's no screens, there's nothing, but it's set up for families. So there's a lot more space. The children can, can sit on the ground, um, and families gather together there, and they're part of the whole worship service. But the story around that is that a, a year after we did that, um, I stood up to do communion one day, and one of the little girls, Ellie, she was uh, two and a half at the time, and she'd first come um, two years before when her mum brought her to be baptised, and I was quite amazed that they continued to worship after that because that was the first time I ever saw them was for the, uh, you know, to come to be baptised. But two years later, I stood up to do communion, and little Ellie, two and a half, came and stood next to me at the communion table with one of the lost sheep books in her hand. I had the, the communion booklet. She had the little lost sheep book. And for just a second, I panicked. What am I going to do about this situation? What are the congregation members thinking? Are they going to feel that this is sacrilege to have this little girl there? But after that initial panic, I just, I just let it be, and she stood there. And every time I turned a page, she turned a page. She didn't say anything. She didn't interrupt anything and when it was time that we actually invited people to come for communion she toddled down again and joined her mum and came for communion and what it what it said to me when I stopped and reflected on it was that 
this little girl truly felt like she belonged in this space. She wasn't afraid to, to come up and stand there. Um, she didn't feel like this was an adults only space. The work we had done to try and make a space that welcomed families and children was working. Let's finish with this. What, what are some steps that congregations, faith communities could take towards being more intergenerational? One of the things we've done is made it, made it really clear and done a bit of work around like your children's talk time in, in the service, how that's actually not just for children. And so um, what we do now is we invite those who want to be able to see to come towards the front and we go and stand sort of in the middle of the congregation and actually the whole congregation participates. So when you ask for an, a question, you might have a 60-year-old or an 80-year-old or a 40-year-old or a 6-year-old answer the question. They actually all have the conversation together. I mean, that's, that's been an intentional process, but it, it's absolutely seamless. It, the, the children's talk doesn't seem any different if there's one kid or if there's 10 kids or if there's no kids because it actually all happens the same in the congregation. And if we're really honest, that, that time actually makes the most sense to all people and that's where they learn the things. So we've actually named it and been that. And we call it the all-age message. I think it's great when we can make changes in the gathered life of the church, but I think it's also important to look beyond the actual gathered life. And in fact, sometimes that can be less controversial than trying to change things within the gathered worship space. So I think it's good to try and put on an intergenerational lens and look at all different aspects of the life of the church through that lens and say, well, what might be different if we look at it in this particular way? So what does it mean for our um, pastoral care structures, for example? What changes could make that more intergenerational? What may could be done in the way we serve our local community in a way that could be more intergenerational. So picking one particular area and workshopping that is, I think, a practical way that is perhaps easier to grow into an intergenerational approach than jumping straight into the worship life. It can be simple. As simple as if you take youngsters on a fishing trip, find some older people who already love fishing, go fishing often, and get them to come along as mentors, teach them a little bit about how to put on a hook, how to bait your hook, how to catch a fish, how to clean a fish. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of the um, Search Institute Developmental Assets, and you know, one thing I'd say is adults be friendly to young people in your community. You know, mm -hmm. Say hi, smile at the person at the checkout. Um, read the name badge and say, you know, um, thanks Josie for that, or whatever. But, but look beyond your congregation to the folk who live around you. Well, thanks for that conversation. I think it's been really um, interesting, stimulating, and we'll get your story next time. Okay, uh, that wasn't a good way to finish, but um, thanks for that, folks. Um, see you next time. I don't know. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs>